Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Actually, a good story. So this, this tea mug here, uh, Frank Ford's wife, Joy, made. Uh, you know, she's oh, nice. a potter. And for uh, our wedding, Michael Simmons at Griffin gave us a beautiful teapot with two of these mugs uh, that uh, Joy, Ford, I don't know whether she goes by Ford, but Frank Ford's uh, wife, Joy, made this nice little set and I use them every day. Very and well. Have, and, and a half for the last 21 years. <laughs> and, and with that wonderful opening, we'd like to welcome Kaya Gherkin to uh, Santa Cruz Guitar Players Podcast number 70. Um, if you uh, don't know who we're talking to, we're talking to probably the most connected man in the acoustic guitar world. Uh, the San Francisco Bay Area guitarist has enchanted audience ever since coming into the acoustic fingerstyle scene in the late 1990s. And enchanted is really a great word there because just before we started recording, Kaya said, you got my, my CD, my new CD. And I said, I have to be completely honest. A friend of my wife's walked in and saw it on the table and said, oh, I've heard of him. And I went, you have this. <laughs> so we gave it away. And it is called Test of Time. It will be available today. We're going to, uh, it's, there it is. It's going to, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the <laughs> that's one. That's the one I was looking for yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, uh, uh going to post this on January 2nd, which is the release date for this. And yep. uh, uh, I listened to all 10 of the cuts available on his uh, website. Uh, it's uh, simply beautiful. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. And welcome. Yeah. Thank you. It's always great. I think this is what my second or third time talking with you guys in this context. Okay. Second, second time, second, yeah. Right, yes. I think the other time was in the midst of COVID and um, nobody had seen each other in person for at least months. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and as, as it's going right now, I have two really good friends that are really sick with it. Oh, yes, we do too. So, yeah, I started, you know, it's, I started masking up going to the store again, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's out there and it's back. So everybody yeah. take care. Absolutely. Um, well, we'd love to talk about this new record. Well, that's, uh, let's do. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I see. Uh, an, is that an Edwina? Uh, yes, that, that is an Edwina. Um, this is actually uh, our Peghead Nation Edwina <laughs> that we usually use for lessons. But since we're between studios, I have some of the gear here at my house, and it's a great mic. Um, and uh, I actually I used this. I didn't use it to record most of the album, but I did reuse it. Uh, the one cut that has the national on it, I used this in addition to my Neumann KM 184s that I used. So, um, yeah. You use a pair of those. So here we are. We're jumping right in. Yeah. So uh, we're there. <laughs> we're there. Um, so, you know, recording test of time was actually. Uh, 
a long process for really no good reason other than being busy. Uh, you know, test of time is a little bit of a, of a play on the fact that this material has been around. Like if you've seen me play, you've probably heard most of these tunes before. Some of them even have YouTube videos out and stuff like that. I just never got around to putting them on a CD or releasing them as an in an album kind of context. So I finally started to get to it um, in a way that I liked. I, there, some of these tunes I've recorded several times, literally over the last five or 10 years. Uh, and I you know, work closely with, with my good friend and duet partner, Doug Young. Um, and uh, I started out recording most of, the, basically most of the tunes on the album at his studio. And he's got a wonderful home recording studio. He's got amazing microphones. He's got browners and shops and everything. And it sounded great, but I didn't play it so great. So I was never really happy with what, what we did there. So I ended up setting myself up in my home studio, which is a corner of my garage, with a pair of Norman Kame 194s and a little Focusrite uh, audio interface and a MacBook. And that is literally how most of the album was recorded, was me and a pair of Norman Kame 194s and a Focusrite audio interface, nothing else. Um, and then Doug did his magic mixing and mastering it, which uh, made a huge difference. Um, so, but ultimately that's how it was recorded. Uh, there are two tracks, the two 12 string cuts for no reason other than uh, one being a tune, um, let's see, Tacoma. I recorded quite a while ago at Doug's house and I was just really happy with the take of it and we used it. And then Naima, which was uh, the second to last tune I recorded. I just needed an extra set of ears in the studio to tell me that I wasn't going totally crazy. Um, while I was recording it. And so those two cuts were recorded at Doug's house, uh, probably using his uh, Browner microphones. And so uh, uh, we like to geek out a little bit on the microphone oh, stuff yes. because Eric's really got us going on. Eric's really <laughs> into it, hardcore. And it's interesting, you know, um, I kind of see the KM184s as sort of a standard that a lot of great music has been recorded with. Um, a lot of people find them a little bright for acoustic guitar. Um, I've always liked them. Uh, my first album was recorded with them and there's a lot of, uh, you know, Doug and I released the duets album now almost four years ago. Uh, and that material was all recorded in Doug's studio, but we've released a bunch of stuff since then that's on all the streaming services. And all of that, my portion of it was recorded again with the KM184s. And so I, I kind of like, when it comes to microphones, and really guitars too, I think there is something about using something that's kind of a standard of some kind. And if you, if you can't make it sound good with that, it's probably not the gear's fault. And, um, that's kind of my take on it. And uh, I'm happy with the way it ended up sounding. And, uh, you know, Doug did a lot making it sound even better in mixing and mastering. So I have a big shout out to him for that. It's, uh, um, it, I, I, I love the standard idea, you know, because if you don't have it, you, you, you don't know where to start. 
that's kind of it. So, you know, the same kind of goes with my guitars <coughs> that, I, that I used. I mean, you know, I used a, a, an OM. We can go through these a little bit later. I used a, a Martin OM custom shop, a Loudon 010, a Taylor 12 string, and a National. And th those, they're great guitars, and a lot of great music has been recorded with guitars like that. And I don't know, I kind of, to me, it's kind of like, I'd rather find out that the problem is with me than with my gear. And I know it's not the gear. I don't, I don't have that problem. I, I, know, that, <laughs> I know that my gear is always good. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's because you have all these great Santa Cruz guitars. <laughs> yes. How many Santa Cruz guitars do you have, Tad? Oh, boy. I, there's too high a probability that my wife is going to listen to this podcast. So okay, more than, more uh, we than won't two. go into great detail. Right. Okay. The exact number is unknown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a case at my house, though. Okay. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not really sure if it's, if it, if it's or why it's here, but I'm, I'm really enjoying playing it. That's Excellent. Sure. Excellent. Well, I was down at the shop uh, a couple of months ago, uh, getting a little preview of the vault guitars that are probably just about done now. And uh, it was great to catch up with Richard and Josh and Will down there and, um, you know, take some photos and, and see those pretty amazing guitars. Yeah, I think you I, guys did I, something with Richard on them, right? I yeah. did. I did Richard. Uh, we've done Richard yeah. a couple of times, but I went, I went last Thursday. And okay, great. So how, and, are they uh, are they are they finished? Are they uh, well? They were in they were in the spray booth. Okay. And I could, I was in there about thirty seconds and right. needed to leave. You know, yeah. really quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, when I saw them, uh, I did a little thing for Peghead uh, Nation on them. They were bodies and necks were looked like almost finished, but um, they hadn't had any lacquer on them and. Uh, yeah, so the, the, looking forward uh, to seeing those when they're done. The the the, the tops, um, the Tunnel Thirteen top and the the Alaskan Sitka top, yeah, uh, just exploded when when yeah. when when the stuff hit. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I did see one neck with the engraving and okay. you know all that. Yeah. So it, really excited to, to nice. see it. I'm uh, Tad and I are going to go down uh, to Nam this year, so. Good. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. 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 Everybody pretty much, you know, yeah. um, around, I think Tad's going more to go to Disneyland, but which is probably, probably a good choice. Right. Excellent. <laughs> so I have never been to Nam. This will be my oh. first time going, which I'm, okay. I'm excited about doing. Um, but it's my wife that really loves Disneyland. I could actually okay. avoid the place if yeah. given the opportunity. However, my wife loves it. So I've decided Good. we're going to take advantage of this uh, long drive and uh, right. do it all up. And I'm looking forward to Nam. I'm looking forward to seeing these guitars in particular. Great. Yeah, um, you, you're in for it. will be exciting. So you're going to be there today. Are you going as Peghead Nation? I'm going. Or? Yeah, yeah. I'm going as Peghead Nation. Uh, you know, I've been going to Nam for thirty plus years. Uh, I haven't missed a winter show except for the COVID, uh, the one, the first COVID one. And I used to go to the summer show too. So I'm probably honing in on 40 plus NAM shows or something like that. So yeah. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, uh, it, I, Richard describes experience of just the face to face. Right. And 
we, we've had this kind of interesting conversation going on the forum um, in the past couple of days about, well, you know, this is over and, and blah, blah, and, you know, all this stuff is over, but they don't understand that face to face. I mean, I did a, I, I, I did so many trade shows and right. New, New York every year, yeah. you yeah. know, Halloween, yeah. do it, you know, do it half a million dollars to put on the show for, for Absolutely. the company. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, we'll go. Yeah. You know, well, the face to face is important, but the faces have to be there. So um, that, you know, will be the big, <laughs> I think that's the big elephant in the room is how many people are going to be attending. Because last year was certainly a, a lot slower than it was pre COVID. So um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. I see a lot um, of friends down there, and it's always a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk a little bit more about it. I'm just going to say you have a really tasty slide piece on your um, uh, embryonic, embryonic journey. Oh, on the Duo CD. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. There, there's a couple of licks in there that are pretty, um, pretty advanced. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Uh, well, keep going. Uh, see where you're going to go with this. But, uh, I mean, basically... My slide playing, um, I've always kind of dabbled with slide a little bit. Um, and then it really sort of came to life when I got this guitar, um, which uh, used to belong to Dale Miller. Did you guys know Dale Miller? Um, Tat might, uh, might- Only by reputation. So Dale um, passed away 10 years ago now. Uh, he was a Berkeley-based, blues finger picker. He was on the Kicking Mule record label back in the early 70s. And uh, we probably met sometime in the mid 90s uh, through Duck Baker and uh, became good friends. And um, I had always admired this guitar of his. And when he passed away, I hosted a uh, tribute show to him at the Freight and Salvage. And um, I basically told his widow, uh, whenever you start thinking about selling some of Derek's guitars, let me help you. Don't just put them up on eBay or something like that. And about a year and a half later, Terry called me and she said, I'm ready. And so I helped her find homes for a bunch of these guitars. And I basically said, okay, but let's find a way for me to have the tricone. And uh, I ended up buying it sort of over time from, uh, from her because it was right in between my acoustic guitar and peghead nation periods and I had very little money. Um, this is a very cool guitar that uh, is not not an old one, um, but it's a very early one from when national started uh, making tricones again because you know they, they they started out when they when they set up in San Luis Obispo it was all single cones for about the first 10 years or so. And uh, I think sometime in the late 90s, I think this is in 1999, I think about a year or two before that, they started making tricones again. And so I'm assuming that this guitar um, was probably uh, built by Don Young and McGregor Gaines uh, themselves for the most part, because uh, it was such an early guitar. And it just really opened up, um, you know, you, you don't need a national guitar, a national to play slide, but somehow having this just really opened it up for me. And 
I'm not I'm not a blues guitarist, but I sort of come into it from the kind of Martin Simpson um, school of playing these ballads and stuff with a slide. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, the slide I use most of the time is one of the Martin Simpson signature model signature slides that uh, Paul Hummeler sold uh, quite a few years ago, probably 20 years ago. Or so now he's got a different kind of slide, and I I usually play slide in. Um, uh, either Orkney tuning, so C, G, uh, D, G, C, D, or um, open C with a uh, with a fourth string down to C too. So it'd be C, G, C, G, C, D. So don't use the traditional kind of open D, open G slide tunings. But it's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful sound. So. I yeah Doug and I have done a few things with this guitar pretty much everything I've recorded with the slides been on this guitar so we did embryonic journey that was a fun one to work out um Doug's basically playing the the standard Yorma guitar part and I figured out the second part to it there's another tune of Doug's uh, that we recorded with this and then on the current album um I did uh, Neil Gauss lament for the death of his second wife which is a uh, Scottish old Scottish tune that a lot of people play um, and uh, I just kind of one day sat down and thought to myself how would it be on the slide and I think it came out really nice beautiful yeah so, it's, it's, yeah it, it, wonderful stuff but yeah. I, there, there was some some triplets and some things you did in embryonic journey that when I yeah. heard it and I and, and I I'm a pretty big Sonny Landreth right fan and and Boy, you did a couple of those things, and I reached over and stopped it and played right. it again. Yeah, it okay, well, it's it's funny, you know. I, I love playing slide, and I do. I mean, I I kind of figured out what I think is a. I'm not super fluid in in slide. I'm you know I have a fairly limited sort of range that I can do, but I found a way to apply that limited range to a lot of different musical contexts. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, this, the, the things I have recorded with this, I'm, I'm quite happy with. So well, it's, it's a good so. story about how a, a special instrument can inspire a, a, a special kind of music. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is uh, really I mean, it's it, it's it's a great national style one. I've played quite a few of them since I've had this. And I think this is one of the better ones I've played, um, but also it was my friend's guitar and so you know I, I can't play it without thinking about dale so that's a really wonderful thing with this guitar for sure yeah 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 that's, that's so, the best yeah absolutely so yeah so that it's only on one cut on on the on the new cd but i'm glad it made it because <laughs> it was almost i recorded the tune twice i recorded it on this and i recorded it on baritone guitar and I also really like the baritone, but uh, Doug pretty much talked me into keeping it on the on the national. So uh, there it is. How heavy a string? How heavy strings are you using on that? Um, I'm using a medium set, but I replaced the first one with a 15. But I'm tuned down to D, so it's not crazy. I mean, 15 would be pretty stiff if I'm in standard tuning, but down to D, uh, it's really not that bad, and it just gives me a little <laughs> bit extra resistance with the slide. And that's uh, 
I, I want to highlight that last statement for people listening to it. It might be kind of stiff with 15s on a regular guitar. Well, it's only the first string. It's not like it's not like I'm going, you know, 15 and then down to like a 70 or something like that. That would be a baritone set. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a new set of uh, baritone strings out from SCGC. And okay. I got a I got a, 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 a preset of them or something like that. Like new, like new from the ones that they released a year or so ago? No. Yeah, no, no. I, I didn't, I haven't seen it up to this point. Okay. So if I'm a year behind. That, okay, I think, you, I think you are, because I demoed um, the strings. Actually, I borrowed Tad's two baritone guitars, Santa Cruz baritones, to demo the strings. And yeah, I agree, they're great. They're really nice. I really like it. It's uh, um, down to C. Yeah, Easy. well, I go down, I tend to go down to B. I know Santa Cruz tends to go tune him to C because I just demoed a nice Santa Cruz baritone guitar for Peghead Nation and it got sent to me tuned C to C, which with a 27 inch scale makes sense. Uh, my baritone has a 27 and a half inch scale. And so I go down to B. Um, and I, not only is it nice to go a little lower, but it does make transposing a little bit easier because everything is just like uh, you're in, in E to E moved over one set of strings. Uh, so it makes it a little bit simpler if you're playing with other people. That's interesting. I, yeah, I just have the Santa Cruz, so I'm used to the 27-inch scale. Right. And, and yeah, because if, if, if you tune B to B, then you know an A chord becomes an E chord, a D chord becomes an A chord, and so on. Whereas if you're C to C, things you have to map out the fingerboard a little bit differently. Yeah, but your positions, yeah. you know, don't change if you're B to B. So uh, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I only play the baritone by myself, so I just find the you're key safe. that I can sing in best and uh, go for right. that. Good. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the story on this guitar, which is just super special to have. And uh, I'm glad I found a way to uh, use it in what I hope are musical ways. So right. what else are you doing these days? You've got uh, the Peghead Nation, which I've got to imagine keeps you pretty busy. Well, Peghead Nation is the main thing. That's, uh, that, that is, you know, my job. Um, right. And that's doing really well. Uh, you know, next year is going to be our 10th year, believe it or not. It's oh, congratulations. Wild. Pretty wild. Congratulations, um, yeah. And uh, we're up to almost 70 courses. And uh, we've got a bunch of exciting ones that we're starting to work on uh, next year. Um, and for those folks who aren't familiar with us you know it's video courses uh, not just for guitar but uh, guitar mandolin banjo fiddle ukulele dobro uh, where we've got a couple of vocal courses now we're adding some music theory courses um, and uh, yeah it's going really well i have two partners in it it's myself and dan gable and scott nygaard uh, the three of us started the company and um it's just been super satisfying, you know, we it's uh, it's really fun to work with uh, world class players who also really enjoy how to, te to teach, uh, you know, I have to kind of pinch myself being in a room with these uh, doing these sessions sometimes because it is just really great and I'm learning so much just from interacting uh, with our instructors. Um, so I'm the producer. I, uh, you know, I shoot most of the videos. There's a 
handful of courses that were shot on location somewhere else, but most of them I shoot. I do all the editing um, and I also do all the gear coverage. Uh, so I, you know, I do most of the instrument demos uh, and if I don't do them, I work with whoever does them and I'll still edit them. And um, yeah, so it's going really great. Uh, we're about to move into a new studio in San Rafael and um, that's gonna be really great. And bigger, uh, bigger fancier, well, bigger well, fancier. Um, we we had a, a wonderful studio, uh, but something happened with the building that we're in, and everyone had to move out, and so we basically oh. lost the space we had. Uh, but this space that we're moving in is actually it's larger, and so we may have some opportunities to do some new things in there. But uh, we'll find out one thing at a time. There you go. So there you go. For the time being, um, uh, you know shooting a few things uh, at home uh, and we've had some people come here and do a couple of things but uh, uh, we kind of made sure we had enough of a buffer to uh, to make it through these couple of months that we knew we'd be sort of in between studios so change it's great yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, it's it's great I mean the business is doing well um, you know we've we've done the video courses we also uh, do some some live Zoom workshops. We've got a couple of those in the works that are starting. Uh, uh, actually, one starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's kind of a music uh, uh, theory and and and, and vocal uh, workshop. Uh, and um, yeah, so a lot, lot of lot of lot of stuff coming up. Excellent. And your your game your game go go ahead. Well, is there anything special for the tenth uh, anniversary? Got any plans? Uh, yes, but we don't know what it is yet. Okay. <laughs> it's the then we won't talk about it. The, the actual anniversary won't be till September, so we've got a little time to plan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> t-shirts at the least. Absolutely. Yes, we gotta have t-shirts. So. Yeah, God. but if people if people want to come check it out and uh, you know go to the site, uh, there's some promo codes for all the courses. People can check it out for uh, a month for free, and um, and uh, definitely um, I would encourage people to come check it out. Excellent. I did, I did Sharon Gilchrist. Uh, um, oh yeah, uh, just fantastic. Uh, just, yeah, well, she's uh, she's one of our most popular teachers, and. Uh, she, uh, you know, she's got several mandolin courses and she's an amazing, she's an example of just what I was talking about. She is so amazing as an instructor and uh, such an amazing player and just has a great personality on, on screen and, and really, uh, it's just been a really successful course. So it's great. Yeah. You are gigging like crazy. Well, it's so it came back, um, you know, looking back, um, I didn't play as much this year as I did, you know, pre COVID, but it, it sort of has come back. But suddenly, just in the last couple of weeks, a bunch of really fun things are sort of getting on the calendar. So I'm really looking forward to uh, we've got a nice handful of things coming up in January, a um, couple of things in February. Uh, most of I'm still kind of we're still kind of trying to push the duo with Doug Young a bit so there's a, a lot of shows uh, as a duo coming up and you know we like we bring a bunch of guitars and do the duo repertoire and I always play a few solo tunes in there as well. Um, 
And uh, yeah, January is busy. For some reason, a bunch of things are happening in May, February and March are starting to fill in. So uh, yeah, very excited about that. Uh, definitely uh, missed playing out during the COVID years. And uh, it was good to you know mostly be back this year, but hoping to do even more in 2024. Well, we're lucky to see you because you're playing a, a, a lot around the San Francisco Bay Area. Are there any plans? Well, I'm based here, so that you know, I would like to play out of the Bay Area more, but um, it, it has to uh, it has to make financial sense. Basically, is what it comes down to. Uh, but certainly if anyone sees this or listens to this and has some ideas for places elsewhere in the country or anywhere, uh, please get in touch because I'm more than, uh, more than willing and wanting to get out a bit more. Nice, nice. For sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tad, yeah, I think you're aware I'm, I'm, we're doing this really nice house concert in Berkeley on January uh, 20th, I think it is. So uh, I saw the posting on that. Yeah, that looks interesting. We hope to see this, to see you there. So if people are interested, if people are in the Bay Area, which is mostly where I play, they can go to uh, my website, teyagurkin.com or fingerpickingguitar.com because teyagurkin can be difficult to spell for people I've learned. So uh, either <laughs> one of them uh, has all the gigs listed and uh, be great to see some Santa Cruz coffee break folks. There you go. That would be great. Yes. Yeah. So that that covers your performing, your Peghead Nation. Yep. You've got CD coming out. What else is going on? You know, um, well, I've got a kids getting ready for college. And uh, oh. so that will keep me quite occupied for the next few months, probably, as we wade through um, acceptance letters and yeah, uh, yeah. financial aid, um, you know, details. But uh, yeah. And the weather will keep you from your uh, beautiful bike rides. You always post wonderful pictures on your uh, bike rides. Uh, some guys go out in the mud, but uh, I'm not one of them. Um, I find it a little too slippery. I, you know, I'm, I'm very injury averse. So I, I'm, I'm the guy who mountain bikes tan, but I get passed on the way up and the way down. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I live here in Fairfax. And so the mountain bike trails are right outside my house. So I do get out uh, quite often. Wonderful. I think the uh, safety is a far better... Uh far better cue than, Absolutely. Uh, than that. Way to go. I'm going it's faster now. I'm, yes, yeah. I'm going really fast. Oh, I went too fast. Don't, don't need the thrill. <laughs> yeah. I just need the exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Get, so. get get a get get a hundred and forty pound Great Dane puppy and and walk them for an hour and a half a day. That'll that would that would do it. Right? That will do it. Yeah, that does it. Yep, that does it. <laughs> it keeps the exercise there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I I was going to ask you know, Taya, you you've got the unique kind of perspective on guitar universe. Uh, in terms of having access to and, and ex experience with so many of the new stuff that's coming mm -hmm. out, with so many of the builders, with so many mm -hmm. of the musicians, and mm -hmm. so many of the issues involved in performing. Mm -hmm. Looking ahead to 2024 and beyond, what do you see as being the high points, the challenges of, of the acoustic guitar and uh, what's coming up? Uh, anything that you can kind of recognize that you tell people about to especially look into or beware of or take advantage of while you can or boy that's a tough one um yeah. 
I, you know, I think, I think the guitarists themselves have just reached this level of maturity and, uh, and dependability to where they've, they've never been better new guitarists than they are now. Uh, I, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think that's, that's really the case. Um, so I don't really know, you know, what, what to say about like new gear, new instruments coming up. Um, I think the big story that's going to happen in the next five to 10 years is sort of the passing of the torch of so many makers who are uh, starting to get older. Um, uh, you know, um, we've seen it with some companies, uh, you know, we've, Collings, Bill Collings passing and Collings thriving past that. Uh, we've seen it with Taylor Guitars, with Andy uh, Powers taking over. Um, mm -hmm. We're seeing it with companies like Luthier's Mercantile shutting down and sort of figuring out new ways. So I think there's going to be a lot of sort of transitioning into new leaderships uh, in a lot of different companies and, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of enterprises around our universe uh, in the next few years. And I think that's really going to be the big thing to watch and, 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 and see. Yeah, a little background for anybody who doesn't know, but Luthier's Mercantile has been a, a very major supplier of guitar parts and accessories yeah. and woods and such yep. in Northern California. They happen for... to be based here in, well, they were in Sonoma County. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. They are, and they it was partially because there were so many Luthiers in this area. And that's where exactly. the Fieldsburg Guitar Festival and yep. everything else. So that is yeah. a huge change right there. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, the, I, I'm, I've often wondered, there seem to be so many brilliant young luthiers coming up in the world. Um, Absolutely. And part of the problem they're having is with marketing. You know, it's, it's, there's some good guitar stores left around, but it, it's, it's a very changing market. That's, I guess that's more where I was hoping you might have well, more kind of background yeah. in I wish I wish I had some answers to that. I think you're right. Um, the guitar stores themselves are changing. Um, there's, I don't actually know whether there are fewer around. I mean, certainly here in the Bay Area, all the major stores that have been around as long as I've been around here are still here and, and are thriving. I'm thinking of Griffin, Schomburg's, um, Tall Toad up in Petaluma. Um, Guitar right. solo is still in San Francisco. So strangely, in a way, some of the more specialized stores in the Bay Area are still around, whereas some of the more general guitar stores, like I'm thinking like Haight-Ashbury Music, which was really big for many years, is no more. And there really isn't anything like that. Uh, Real Guitars is still in San Francisco, but um, for example, uh, black market music, which was a major thing when I lived in San Francisco in the 90s and early 2000s, is no more. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, we've, we're seeing some of these sort of custom guitar boutiques like around here. Uh, certainly Mighty Fine Guitars, Stevie Cold Shop. Uh, we have Guitar Gallery in Nashville. Of course, we have um, uh, Paul Hummiller's uh, Dream Guitars based out of North Carolina, but really primarily being an online business. Um, so in some ways um it is 
easier to find these guitars than it ever has been because there are places that will stock several of them. But we've kind of lost the major guitar festivals, the Hillsborough Guitar Festival, the Santa Barbara Guitar Festival, all these different places. I think the Laconor Festival and I guess the Artisan Festival in Pennsylvania um, are still around, but they do seem to operate on a somewhat smaller scale than sort of like Healdsburg was really the big magnet where everybody got together. And uh, the Woodstock right. show was the last Woodstock show this this past year. So we don't really know what's, you know, whether anything is going to replace that. Um, I'm kind of watching the Archtop Guitar Festival in uh, in Colorado that Peter Hendrickson's putting together. Um, mm which seems to be a great festival, but it really is focused on arch tops and, and jazz guitar right now. Uh, so so definitely the, the market is changing. There's certainly a lot more competition. There's a lot more luthiers uh, out there. Right. At the same time, you know, we're seeing some of the older builders retiring. And so you would think that that would create some openings for people to take those places. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few years. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, um, so that that's, that's kind of it. I mean, the, is the market saturated? You know, people keep saying that the market is saturated, but um, I don't know. I think people are always going to be buying guitars. I mean, you know, a lot of us have the disease pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Maybe it's an area that we can talk Peghead Nation into uh, investigating uh, a little more. <laughs> Investigative <laughs> journalism into the buying habits of people, yeah. Um, or, well, I was thinking more um, about just sponsoring a festival. You know, that is a big can of worms. <laughs> I, would, I, would love to be, I would love to be involved with a festival. I think it would be super fun. Um, doing it in the Bay Area is really hard because everything is so expensive. Um, and yet there are so many builders here, uh, you know, I, I would love to help someone put something like that on. Let's put it like that. But uh, I, I don't think I'm ready to sign the dotted line. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I've done a few uh, festivals and it's, it's, a, it's six months worth of work. Yeah. We didn't mention the Fretboard Summit, of course, which by right. all accounts has been a fantastic uh, event. I mean, I went to the first couple when, when, when Jason had them out here on the West Coast, and they were wonderful. Um, they were, yes. I have a fantasy of maybe making it out to Chicago this summer, um, even though it'll probably be right around the time that we're getting my daughter ready for college. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, you know, so that, and I think what I really like about the Fretboard Summit is that there is an emphasis on not just exhibiting the guitars, but on the playing as well. And uh, actually, I think that personally, I think that has been kind of missing uh, from some of the sort of guitar festivals is that uh, to me, it's all about the playing. Uh, and, you know, I like I'm I like looking at great guitars and playing guitars as much as anybody, but uh, I think the the concerts and the workshops have to support that. I think the Old Town School of Folk Music is a great partner for that. It's uh, absolutely, um, absolutely. It's a great, it's a great, great building, and it's yeah. got a lot. I've of never history. been, but I've heard, you know, I've heard wonderful things about the Old Town School for decades. So yeah, it's good. It's got to be great. Saw Doc, saw Doc Watson there in nineteen sixty. Oh, yeah seven you know I mean, so that's just, how far back they go yeah exactly yeah just just we're, we're old you're young so yeah. 
we'll, we'll give <laughs> you, you that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, um, I don't know what you know. I don't know what the future holds uh, in, mm. in 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 the Luthery world or the guitar world in general. But the the fact of the matter is, guitars have never been better than they are now. Yeah. Well, and, and access to music and the access to instruction through like Peghead Nation Absolutely. is, is it's really never, wonderful. It's too. never easier than uh, it has ever been to uh, to find material, whether it's through, you know, people like us or, uh, you know, there's other people who do similar things or even just, you know, being able to go to Spotify or Apple Music and find any song that you might want to learn. And there it is. Uh, it's, you know, you don't have to wait until the next morning when you can go to a record store to try to find that record, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's really fantastic in terms of access. Yeah, if well, I remember back, I was exactly, I can remember back to the days when somebody would mention some song that you'd never heard of and you'd have to find somebody who actually had the 78 Absolutely. to find out their yeah. Victrola to yeah. get a chance to hear it, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do find the one uh, downside to all of this I think is that uh, where, you know, even when I was coming up, starting to get into fingerstyle guitar 25, 30 years ago, there really was no substitute for going out to see people play this stuff. And there still isn't a substitute for that. But I am like, when I've had students, you know, I, I say, well, what was the last fingerstyle guitar show you saw? And that is, I think it is, there's there's less of an emphasis to going out to actually see people do this stuff because you also have access on it on YouTube. It's not long. It's no longer the only way to see this stuff. Uh, and so, I think um, it well it hurts attendance at shows for sure. But I also think there is a different level of experience. Um, I've been thinking about. Do you guys know about who Chris Proctor is? I know the name. The name is a great fingerstar guitarist who was really active in the 90s. He won Winfield in 84, I think. And then he did all these Taylor guitar clinics for a good decade or so. And I first heard him play probably around 1991, 92, something like that. I was working up at Tortoid Music in Petaluma and he came and he was the first guy I ever saw who was a really good fingerstar guitarist who I could see up close and ask questions to. And as a result, you know, he would come through once or twice a year doing these things. And over time we became friends and he is a huge influence on my playing because of that experience of having, realizing that I could have a personal relationship with someone who I'm really looking up to as an artist. And you can't do that through YouTube or, you know, um, even Peghead Nation for that matter. There's, there's just, there's something about going out repeatedly, seeing someone, making a connection with an artist and learning through that way. You know, maybe, you know, later I started, to, I, I studied with my sort of the two local fingerstyle guitarists who I consider to be mentors are Pepino D'Agostino and Duck Baker, both of whom I first started to go see in concert and then struck up a friendship and started taking lessons with for several years, really, with both of them. And those are really experiences that, uh, you know, I, I don't think they can be replaced by, by any other kind of way. And it really is sort of, you know, you start following someone around a little bit and you go see their shows and you, you 
you go to the shows that they tell you to go to that sort of thing uh you know yeah. i mean literally i found out i had known about duck baker previously but it was pepino who told me oh duck's moving back to the bay area from virginia and when he's here you should take some lessons with him you know so it was that kind of a word of mouth kind of a thing that was really great and i feel really fortunate to have had that well and, and the other part of that is when you see people perform live you start to get a better sense of why you're learning how to play the instrument and how to react with an audience and, and like Absolutely. seeing somebody very calmly like break a string and then you know interact with the audience right. while they fix their guitar or or how right. they respond when something's a little out of tune or absolutely absolutely yeah well and, and you know going back a little bit further than that really my first experience of that uh when i was in college i went to see john renborn uh this would have been like 1988 or 89 and it was at the old freight, well, the middle period freight, for those of us in the, in the Bay Area long enough. And, um, and I, I wrote about this when I wrote an obituary for John, but uh, I had a friend in college, uh, my friend uh, Matt Greenhill, who at the time, through his father, Mitch Greenhill, um, was John's manager in the States. And so he took me to see him at the freight and I'd known about John. My, my dad was a big Pentangle fan. And I, you know, I, I, already then I was kind of very familiar with John's work. And being at the freight and being able to not only see someone perform up close, who, I, who was a hero of mine, but to be able to go backstage and shake his hand was just really a profound, it really changed sort of the trajectory of everything for me because it, it, this, uh, the, this kind of, you know, when, when you're a kid and you see, maybe you've been to a big stadium type show or something like that, you're so disconnected, but discovering that immediacy and intimacy of, you know, basically folk music or roots music, um, it really had a profound impact. And, uh, you know, again, John and I stayed in touch and 10 years later, I opened up for him on that same stage. And, wow. and um you know, just a lot of kind of influences like that. And in some ways it even ties into, you know, this album because, you know, I don't think of playing what some folks have called a fairly uh, eclectic um, bunch of tunes as that really, it's just what I do. I, I write some tunes, I might learn a jazz standard, I might play a couple of Celtic tunes, I might play a classical tune, all of which are on this CD. And it's just what I do, but it seems like there's, fewer people who sort of mix the, mix the music that they play up uh, like that, which to me sort of came out of the John Renborn, Bert Jansch um, uh, kind of school of playing, you know, studying with Duck certainly was the same kind of thing where uh, there's really no, no real separation of whether you're playing a fiddle tune or you're playing a, you know, a monk tune or something like that. It all becomes part of what you do on the guitar. There you go. So maybe a, 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 a Taylor Swift tune on the next CD? Uh, well, I list there's a lot of Taylor Swift at my house because I have a teenage daughter. Uh, so you <laughs> never know. And I will say, I don't know if you guys are hip to, uh, to Cat Grooves. Do you know her? 
She's no. a great, she's a great young fingerstyle player out of Davis. And I'm super excited because just a couple of days ago, Doug and I are going to do a double bill with her. And she has a just killer sort of modern fingerstyle uh, version of a Taylor Swift tune that she does. And it's really great. Um, so, you know, it's, it can all be done. It's all music. And um, I, I think um, it can all be a good idea. <laughs> excellent excellent well we'll we'll make sure that there are links to everything we've talked about yes you should, you should check it out yeah uh including a link to her yes absolutely that sounds great that's uh yeah. anything new is worth looking into absolutely her uh, name is cap groves cap cap c-a um k-a-t and it's not her real last name but her she goes by grooves g-r-u vs i think her website is catgrooves.com you can google her i'll send you a link we'll look it up okay. yeah uh yeah so yeah well, it's exciting to see some some younger players coming through the bay area there's she there's uh janet noguera is a wonderful young uh fingerstep player uh, starting out and um getting some recognition and touring a bit and stuff like that so i guess that's the other kind of you know uh thing to respond to your earlier question is there's always great young artists coming up and um yeah. and uh that's really fun to watch well that's another one of the great reasons to try and get more uh festivals or guitar shows happening because the the two people i've seen at guitar shows that that struck me the strongest is uh the first fretboard journal summit getting to see david crosby right uh, and talk to him up close was right just life altering to me. And then the second right. one, the second fretboard journal summit where I got to hear Molly Tuttle for the first time. Oh yeah, time, she's phenomenal, yeah. Which, yeah, was mind boggling to hear yeah. her play the first time. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> she's something else, it's really, really She really is, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, well, right. Mr. Newman, do you have anything more to uh, go over or to talk about or? Um... Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm a good time learning yeah you want to you want to you know, briefly you want to briefly learn about these other guitars that i used or um well we could up to you yeah i see a custom shop martin in the back so this is uh sort of my main steel string guitar it's a custom shop martin om that dick boke helped me put together in 2005 adirondack indian rosewood uh it's it's essentially a Schomburg soloist built by Martin. It's got the wide string spacing at the saddle, uh, one and three quarter inch neck and cutaway, no fingerboard inlay. It's sort of a style 21 kind of a idea behind it. Um, I like to say if Martin had built a style 21 OM with a cutaway in uh, 1930, this is probably what it would have looked like. Um, so that's, that's one. And then my other main steel string is this 1999 Loudon 010, and that's uh, cedar and mahogany. And uh, I think on the album, that kind of evenly split. I might have used the, the Loudon on one more tune than the Martin. This guitar sounds amazing uh, to record, uh, and it's super powerful playing acoustically. We already talked about the national. The two 12 string cuts were done on this Taylor 355, uh, which is from 2000. And um, 
again, I, I like guitars without fingerboard inlay, so I had them uh, make a plain fingerboard on this. It does have dots on the side, of course, um, and it pretty much is always tuned to dadgad, uh, except right now it's tuned to uh, open D. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, those those are the guitars, and there's really I've I've used all these guitars before. Um, I've owned most of these guitars for a long time, so there's really no new guitars um, uh, on this. I've just had a real, I've just had a real good time. I, <laughs> Excellent. Well, good. You know, I, I, I really, I, I think that your, your combined knowledge is, is so vast and your connections are just so amazing. I, the John Renborn story, it's cool when you meet, when you meet a hero and then you get a chance to, it, then you get a chance then you get a chance to stand in front of them and say okay this, this is what it's, i what i bring it's fantastic you know? yeah and uh, i did get to meet john a few more times after that i interviewed him for acoustic guitar and that was fantastic um and uh yeah he, and he uh i have i have a i have a note he include he sent me one of his last cds that he put out and uh, he hand wrote it and signed it. And uh, it's one of my treasured things. I have it stashed away in my files because he, he if, if I have to pick one guitarist, it would be John for me to look up to. So beautiful. Yeah. So. Well, we will link everybody and link everybody up. Let me know if you have any questions to follow up with and uh, I'll supply the answers if I can. <laughs> We really appreciate it. And then I hope to see you guys at NAM, and maybe we can, uh, you know, we can grab Eric Sky and uh, and uh, hang out a bit. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah, have, have some uh, have some food one night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's coming down. I think he told he booked his flight. So uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think him. It, it, actually, there's a pretty interesting contingent of uh, SCGDC players. Yeah, pretty 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 interesting. Brandon Lee Adams. Um, who has started this uh, show for PBS called The Life of a Musician? Oh yeah, it's on mm -hmm. it's on Blue Ridge, uh, Blue I've Ridge heard of, PBS. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, nominated for an Emmy last year. Yeah. Season two, season two looks even better than season one. Brandon's going to be there. I don't know if Lisa Lou is going to be there. I know we'll see James Nash right. and you yeah. know all these all these other yeah. folks. So it looks like it's going to be a really good time. And Excellent. January one, when this seat, when this comes out, yep. So does test the time. There we go. Excellent. Congrats, congratulations. It's a, thank it's you. A, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we we um, thank you, All and right. uh, have a great afternoon. All right, you guys too. Yes. We'll talk soon. We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at. SCGCPF or Santa Cruz Guitar Players.com. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. 
We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar. <laughs>